0: AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. You've tuned into Black and Right. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. And leading that revolution are your
2: hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony. Good afternoon. Welcome to Black and Right. I am Charles. John is out today. Um, I was out last week, uh, spending the Thanksgiving weekend with family. And as I often do when I'm out, when I come back, instead of the themes that I usually talk about, we cover a lot of issues, broad-based issues for a whole hour, a longer segment. I like to talk about the current events and talk about what's been happening. And I want to start with Kamala Harris dropping out of the uh, presidential election. Um, what I, I, I found that there was an interesting response to her dropout, um, listening to the media and reading articles. What, I've, what they said the problem was, was uh, racism and some sexism. They blamed America and they blamed Trump. They blamed Republicans. I heard some blame men because she was a woman. Uh, but what I found interesting is no one blamed Kamala Harris, her past performance or her performance as a candidate, which is weird because she had to play some part in that. And no one blamed um, an interesting culprit that I want to talk about. So give us a call 312-642-5600 and let's talk about uh, one of my favorite topics being intersectionality. I'm always talking about how I think that is uh, something that will help conservatives in the long run because uh, we are so fractured and so focused on identity politics today that no one is really noticing that the bigger push that we have for that, what happens is at some point, our egos set in and our personal beliefs and tribalism and we go to our own team and we end end up having this interfighting between each other. So I want to talk about that. So um, what I find interesting is nobody blamed Democrats, right? So when you're blaming Trump or Republicans and things of that nature and men, I think they forget that this is a Democrat primary. So when they were polling people and she was polling so low overall and amongst blacks, they were only polling Democrats. So what, the, what you're saying when you say the country is racist, really you're saying the Democrat Party is racist because they polled Democrats and they want to no know parts of Kamala Harris. Um, but the racism calls are interesting too because just on the Democrat side, the last president was a black man and their last nominee was a woman. So you kind of have to ask yourself, if they had a problem with women, would they have nominated Hillary Clinton last time? And if they have a problem with blacks, would they nominate Barack Obama and the country elected Barack Obama? So it's an interesting take, but I saw pundits on MSNBC and CNN and all over the place saying that this is the reason why uh, she failed. And then it went on. So I guess they have a debate coming up soon and the the rules change for each debate. And this one is they're taking the top six. So Cory Booker got on TV and said that he's concerned that the Democrat primary is losing its diversity. And there's a good chance that you know he's scraping and fighting to get on that stage. But if he doesn't make the stage, it could be all white people on the stage. Oh, no. Um, so you have to, you know, it makes you wonder, is that a problem? Like, is is it? Um, I guess the thing is, are they looking at, because when I look at a presidential race on both sides, I think that all the candidates are coming in because they have something to offer. And the point is to hear what they have to say, decide which one is most qualified to be the president and vote for them. But it sounds like what they're doing is kind of like the old Rooney rule in football. How we like diversity, but we don't really mean it It's dressing. So we want to throw blacks and women a bone. So what we should do, is should flood the nomine- nominating process with people of all different ethnicities, black women and all this stuff, just to give them in there and say, see, we considered them. But then when it comes down to, OK, now it's time to really pick a nominee, go down to, to, the, to the white people and decide which of the white people we're going to pick. I don't think that's the way it should be, but it seems that that's what's happening. So now there's... Because when Corey says there'll be six people and none of them will be black, but then if you ask them, they'll say it's not about race and the nominee doesn't have to be black. So if the nominee doesn't have to be min- a minority, you just want one of the six... So you want one of the 15 to be black and then you want one of the six to be black and maybe you want one of the last two, but if we don't pick the black person, that's fine, but they need it to... So, so who gets to decide how far along... The black or the woman candidate needs to be before the country or the party isn't racist. Now, I'm not here to defend the Democrats, but I will say that um, the Democrats say they care about diversity, but if they really want, it seems like their end goal should be to beat Trump. Trump is bad, orange man bad. Who's the best guy to beat, best guy or girl to beat Trump? So if that person's white, even technically, even if they're not qualified, if that's the best chance we got to beat Trump, that's who we go with. But we play these games along the way, saying no. Let's make sure that 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 debate stays as a diverse hue of colors, but we don't need to take them all serious, and that's a problem. So we need to ask ourselves if that's the case, and then look at it and say what is it that the Democrats are trying to accomplish? Are they trying to pick the best person? Are they trying to just throw some people out there to say, look at me, you know, we're open to everybody, but then they're not really open to everybody. And in that case, does that make them any better than what people say about um, the Republicans? So they say the Republicans start off with a bunch of white people, which is not the case because that didn't happen in 16, but that's the way they framed it. They start off with a bunch of white people. They end up with a white person. The Democrats start off with a bunch of white persons they people, and they end up with a white person. so is it really different isn't Is't it just them saying this is what we want um and I think that's important because I don't think blacks really look at this the way that the media' is framing it, so I think there's a problem that they still don't get, which in the next segment, I'm gonna to talk to someone who can kind of you know we're gonna talk and we're going to kind of kind of drag that out and talk about those issues uh, concerning the black community there, but she was polling poorly in the black community. And so is Corey. So on the one hand, the party saying we want diversity and black um, voters are saying they want diverse candidates and a black candidate, but then the black candidates polled low. So the country and the Republicans are racist because the black candidates polled low, but they were only polling amongst Democrats. And then when they polled black Democrats, these candidates didn't do that well. Why is you have to ask the black voters why Biden was polling better than these two candidates? Um, And my belief is uh, specifically to, to Kamala Harris is that it's nothing. It has nothing to do with her race and her gender. It has to do with her record. So for the woke liberals and then for the pro blacks who care about how blacks are being treated. They're not stupid. They make the mistake of thinking we don't really know what's going on. There's a good percentage of blacks who pay attention to what's going on. So if I'm, a, I'm not a, a Democrat, but if I'm a black Democrat, pro-black, care about what's happening to the black community, think the, the uh, criminal justice system needs to be reformed, have all these types of issues, think the system is locking up our black men. So you trot out this, uh, one of my sisters as a, a Democrat candidate for president, She's a member of a black sorority. She did all the right things. She's got the look. She's got a law degree. She looks good on paper, so the media props her up. But we look at her and say, well, um, excuse me, Democrat Party. Uh, Kamala was locking up all my brothers in California. You know, her record is clear. It's easy to find. And so my personal belief is that Tulsi Gabbard did something amazing and no one really noticed it. So what happened was, if you remember back in the first and second debate, Tulsi went after her and her record and pointed out some specific things she did. And it made news for a day or two and it kind of fizzled out. What I saw, I said then though, I said it's kind of like those old really cool uh, cheesy Japanese movies you, you, you watch where... This lone samurai's out there, and he's taking on all these people. He's like a renegade vigilante. And he gets into a battle with some people, and he has his sword, and he chops up one of the guys, and he's like dead man walking. He's walking. He looks fine. You don't see the cuts. And then all of a sudden, he just collapsed and dies. That's what Tulsi did to to Kamala when she attacked her. It brought a shining light on what she had done and the black community decided we're not going to have any of that. So we're going to take your calls after this and talk more about the uh, diversity of the uh, Democrat candidates. Uh, 312-642-5600. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer.
0: This is Black and Right, on an AM560 with John Anthony and Charles Love.
2: Welcome back to Black and Right. Charles here, sitting in for Charles and sitting in for John. And we're talking about the uh, diversity in the um, Democratic side of the presidential race. And I want to go to Al, who I believe is in Chicago, who has a comment on Kamala Harris. Al, welcome to Black and Right.
3: Sure. So, uh, thank you for having me on the show. We miss you. Uh, John today, that is my buddy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I think a community is suffering from Obama fatigue. Uh, when you put a lot of eggs in that basket, it's tough for anybody to garner up the same enthusiasm to, uh, to get excited for. And that's Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, or whoever, even Andrew Yang. Or a booty gig. Uh, it's tough after we've put a lot of energy into that last administration to uh, all of a sudden pull our bootstraps up to get, and I say I'm not saying are, but people to pull their uh, bootstraps up and get uh, excited again. Well, I, I definitely I
2: agree with fun. that. I think that it's kind of like, as a community, black community, we were kind of holding our breath hopeful it would happen, but like, yeah, it's not going to happen or it will happen, but it won't happen for 50 years and then it happened, so you have this side release. And it's like, okay, you check that box and move on. But for those people, but you got to also look this, so you're 100% right, but the issue is for the people who are paying attention and care about what's going on, and you know, we've been seeing these protests and this, this anti-Trump movement is supposed to be getting people riled up so people are engaged. They know they have to vote. They're looking at what's out there. They like diversity. They want this. They want that. So why? So the so. so You keep in mind when you're polling, you're polling the people who are calling themselves, you know, um, voters who are engaged, who are planning to vote. Yes, I'm planning to vote. And of those people, why can't Kamala or Corey get a decent percentage of the black vote in those polls?
3: And that's that, you know, New Jersey, California, so distant off of the uh, Midwestern map, rural map. It's going to be, it will always be tough for those people to, uh, to really relate to the core, core black people in urban America, even with Kamala's tr- uh, track record. And, you know, she did come in with a lot of baggage with Willie Brown and all that stuff and, uh, and being a prosecutor, but you know, she just wasn't powerful enough as a figure to, to garner this, uh, that type of response that she wanted. That's, that's really how I felt.
2: Well, I appreciate that out. And thanks for calling. Um, now I I, I asked somebody to call me and it's going to be, it should be really fun and interesting. It's a, a friend of mine I grew up with as another friend puts it, you know, we've known each other so long. I don't remember not knowing him. And, and I, and I wanted him to call because when you listen to what people think about what the black voters believe and what people think about Republicans and Democrats in the black community, you get a certain segment of. Of the population, a really, really small percentage, those buttoned up guys you see on CNN and Fox who are black, independents and Democrats saying this is what we think, don't really speak the way the black people that I know and I grew up with think. Now, we don't agree on everything politically, but when you take the parties off the table, a lot of our conversation seems to blend in together. And I think that people need to hear what those beliefs are and how we Approach things from a political standpoint. So I want my friend Chevis to join the show. Chevis, welcome to Black and Right.
4: Having a child. <laughs>
2: Why hey, are you sounding so mellow?
4: <laughs> uh, because I'm at peace.
2: <laughs> well, what's up, man? Uh, I w- I wanted you to come on and talk like we talk all the time. Uh, like I said, Shevus and I sit around with a big pot of coffee and we just talk about life and the world and what's going on and um, what I, what I hear a lot is that blacks think this about the Republicans and a lot of those stereotypes are true but they're, I think they're way off base about what black people think about the Democrat Party. So tell me what your two cents are.
4: About what I think about the Democrat Party in this upcoming uh, election, I believe that the black folks, much like your first caller said, we do not have a person that we believe in so strongly that we just all flock towards them. I think that the, the field is broad and it's too many, uh, too many selections. So, uh, in a sense, I'm, I'm upset and kind of saddened that Kamala is no longer running, but I'm also happy and pleased that the field is actually thin and down Mm-hmm. Because if we do not all concentrate ourselves towards a particular candidate, I believe that the person that is currently in office you can say has it. a strong. Con- man, okay. You need to talk to me like you know <laughs> talk to I don't know
2: who this guy is.
4: Oh, man. But I believe that if folks don't come together and choose a particular candidate for the Democratic Party, that Trump gonna mess around and win again. Well, see,
2: here's and the that's thing, though. That would be the worst thing. But, but, but let's step back though, because I want to talk the parties in general with you, because okay, the thing is, so you and I obviously don't agree on everything. Most people don't. I'm a that's conservative. Right. I don't know what you are, really. Maybe we can, we can uh, figure that out here, too. You, you're like most black people. You're somewhere floating in the middle, and that's the point I'm trying to make that I think that the media <laughs> doesn't understand. I think the Democrats and the Republicans fail on this point. We know the Republicans do no outreach. But, okay. but what I think is, I think, tell me if I'm wrong there. Here, let me help you guide you a little bit. I'm not putting words in your mouth. You can disagree with me. But what I draw from our previous conversations is that most black people really don't like Trump at all. Right. They're also don't trust the Republicans, but they're not thinking that all Republicans are racist like they say on TV. They're saying Republicans out for rich folk and that ain't my interest. So do your thing. But that's not for me. The Democrats are supposed to be for the little guy. But they also see that the Democrats have been failing. So now they're looking at it, waking up, saying, well, hey, Republicans aren't promising me anything. and I don't expect them to give me anything. But the Democrats are promising me stuff and not giving me anything. So I'm pretty much screwed both ways. And so now it's all about me and I need to figure out what I can do to help myself. Cause I can't rely on either one of them to do it. What do you say about that?
4: All right. Knowing you and having had conversations with you, I believe you to be on the uh, conservative a Republican side mm-hmm. however you are not necessarily a Trump supporter right. your argument is against the left Right now as black people with Trump being a Republican and being the president and being somebody that most of us would never ever support because of all the dirty deeds that he's done we see him as the Republican party and we would never support anybody that will support him or turn a blind eye towards the things that he is doing. Right now, when you, and I speak to you and I think about you and the Republican party, you more of a Republican that's along the lines of the ideology of the party of Lincoln. But Trump does not represent that type of ideology or thought process.
2: Right. But you, you so, but you see, you're still focusing too much on Trump. I want to know what the what, what what the average black person thinks about the Democrats. We know, I know what you think about Trump. Okay. What I'm trying to prove the point is that most of them, it doesn't, because they hate Trump, doesn't mean they're going around saying, the Democrats is my salvation, they're great, and I like everything they say.
4: Right? Well, in the, my opinion, most people in like, my opinion, they ain't no
2: much. Come we, on,
4: yeah, come on, let me speak. In my opinion, the Democrats, we, well, the black folks, Uh, middle class, middle, upper class, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe lower socioeconomic, economical class. We see the Democratic Party as when they are in power as an opportunity for economic growth and advancement. I disagree. I feel like I feel like it's a lot of funding and programs that are offered during the time when the Democrats are in party Mm -hmm. uh, and office. The way that I see it is when the Republicans, when they are in charge, there's a very divisive line as between the haves and the have nots. I do not see the Republicans as really racist. I see them seeing the color Money. of green. Mm-hmm. Right. As long as you can afford this thousand dollar ticket to this banquet or this fundraiser that we're giving, you are welcome. We welcome all colors and all races, and religions, and all of that.
2: As long as you have the money, is what
4: you're saying. As long as you have the money. But you're still
2: focusing too much on the Republican Party, I mean, as opposed to the Democrats. That's the part where I disagree with you. The point is to get people to understand. I I already know how most black people think about the Republican Party. That's for the Republicans to fix. The issue is what the Democrats are doing and aren't doing, and that people are starting to realize how they're feeling, We're up against the break, so we're going to have to pick this up later. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but get into the impeachment uh, fiasco. You're listening to Black and Right on AM 560 The Answer.
0: And now, more of Black and Right on AM 560. Here are your hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony.
2: Welcome back to Black and Right. This is Charles Love here, and we're talking about uh, diversity in the Democrat Party's uh, candidates and uh, Kamala Harris dropping out of the race and uh, Lewis from the South Side wanted to uh, talk about both Kamala and Cory Booker. Lewis, welcome to Black and Right.
5: Uh, Good afternoon, sir. Uh, A famous... uh, uh, Dr. King once said... Don't judge me by the color of my skin, but by the contents of my character. In that, I refer to uh, 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 Camelia Harris and Cory Booker. Okay, even though they might be black, when Dr. King was making that statement, he was saying, he said, don't look at the color of their skin, but whatever uh, whatever the contents of their character is, Okay, and Camelia Harris, her her character was that she would lock up her own people, that's what I said. and she had locked up a lot of uh, black people in California, mm-hmm. and, and, and therefore, that's why she only had five percent of the black vote. You know, yeah, that's what people I was saying. Supporting I, her, don't you think? And, that... and 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 another thing, she said that she wouldn't uh, uh, prosecute. People who entered the country illegal, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what they call them illegal aliens. Right. She wouldn't prosecute them, mm-hmm. but yes, she prosecuted her own people. You know, and 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 Cory Booker, he said he made a statement as far as uh, gender identity, LBGQT, mm-hmm. and and now they got a new one called non-binary not binary right mm-hmm. yeah well you don't even have to declare that you are a man or a woman you know right. and 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 so cory booker said that he would support a man having a a man having an abortion now how is a man gonna have an abortion you know right so and, you're and, saying and that they so represent the,
2: the black. you're right but so what do you say about those That what i was talking about you're making my point i totally agree When I watched the media, what I heard, I heard none of this, even from the black Democrat pundits on on TV. What I heard was, well, it's because the country, one guy actually said the country's racist. And we said, how? We're talking about the black voters in the Democrat side. And he said, well, they're afraid they want to vote for Kamala or Corey, but they're afraid of what the white white Democrats might do. So if the white Democrats look like they're not really going to give them a chance and they say, what's the point? That's crazy. We know why they didn't vote for him. They didn't vote for him because they didn't do anything
5: right and and they don't represent the black uh the black people you know because black people ain't gonna fall for the okadok like that you know and and nothing that the democratic party is offering is, is representing the black people, you know. See, what and that's they, what
2: I was trying to get my friend to say. He, he, he was being all shy, like I'm trying to be even killed. No, say what you normally say. Whatever you think about the Democrats, let's not pretend that the Democrats, I mean, about what the Republicans, let's not pretend that the Democrats are perfect. Let's not pretend that when Democrats are in office, we're all eating steak. Because that's not true.
5: Right. And, and, and another thing is that the Democrats are making the black people out to be victims And they're trying to make uh, white people out to be, you know, what they call it, white privilege, you know. And 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 white people don't have white privilege, you know. It's just that white people are white people, you know. And uh, and and, and you can't. uh, And another thing that Dr. King said, he said that uh, no proclamation, emancipation can free the black man. That the black man has has reached down into his soul. And sign on the dotted line for his own, you know, so let me ask you freedom, this question, real you know, quick, and so what he was saying is that the black point. man is not a is not a
2: victim. You're right. But let me ask you this question real quick. So you you quoted King twice. So where would King be in the Democrat Party today? Or forget about a party political. If he was saying those same things today, what would the Democrats say about them? Because the black community needs to really focus on that. If King were here today saying the same things, that we all honor him and look up to him like he was great and say these things matter and we believe these things. But if anybody said those things today, we call them, uh, you know, all kind of names and we shout them out of society. You can't say we're all equal and don't look at the uh, color of the skin but the content of the character. Thank you for calling. Uh, let me go to Zip uh, on the, in Hyde Park. Zip, you're on black and white. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Zip, this strong.
6: That's right. This is a great conversation, and I love it.
2: So what are you thoughts? I see you saying that we need, we need family, family values in the black community, right?
6: And that's what the Republican Party offers the African American community. And that's what the African-American community has got to start listening to that music and not that junk music that the Democratic Party has put on us since Johnson.
2: But won't you, don't you think that that puts, us at, puts the, the Republican Party at a, at a disadvantage? Because, you know, it's like I got a spoonful of the medicine you need and they got a spoonful of candy, right? So until the Republicans learn how to get me to eat to take this medicine, everybody's going to go for the candy.
6: Yeah. And the candy's not good for you. (laughs) I take the medicine. (laughs) See, here's the thing. The Republicans have a couple of core values that I'm very interested in the black community. Not, I don't want you to read the Republican core book. Just open it up. And what are you going to see? Family values? If you have kids, take care of your families. See in the sixties, the Democrats ran the daddy out of the household and the Republicans are going to welcome the African-American family back, dead, back into the
2: family. Well, I appreciate that. Ziff, you're, you're on the right calling. track. I appreciate that. You're listening to Black and Right on AM 560, The Answer.
0: We now return to Black and Right on AM 560. Here are Charles Love and John Anthony.
2: Welcome back to Black and Right. Charles here. Talking about the Democrats and their diversity problem. It, it, it is kind of funny. We, the callers have been great, but it's interesting. The Democrats have long for the last few years been bragging about their rainbow color of people and diversity, uh, even though they all think the same, but they look different and all these things. And now they're going to end up looking just like the Republican Party. And they are, a lot of people, especially in the media, on the left are freaking out about it. Um, a quick thing, I went to get some water during the break, and I was looking up at the news, and they had a picture of Michael Bloomberg. Uh, he's in the news now because he is apologizing for a comment he made about Cory Booker. And it's funny, it's like nothing changed in the in the party over the last, You know, 10 to 12 years because Biden, who ended up being Obama's vice president and uh, is currently the front runner, I guess I can't keep up. Maybe it's Elizabeth Warren, but currently a viable candidate for the Democrat nomination for the presidency. Could be go down to the wire with Michael Bloomberg, who's also in the race on the Democratic side. And we would have one guy who called Obama articulate for a black man against another guy who called Booker well-spoken for a black man. So um, they are, um, he's backpedaling and that kind of thing. You know, you're typical, I didn't really mean it, but it's funny, you know. So it seems like this push for diversity doesn't really mean anything. Um, and we get back to common sense views like my own. None of that means anything regardless of, I mean, you have to ask yourself this, even if you're on the left. If you're a liberal or if you're far left, regardless of whether this candidate is black or white, you have to ask yourself, would you rather have the white candidate who is willing to take the country in the direction you think it needs to be, whether it's on the left or right, or the black candidate, the diversity candidate who has the total completely wrong ideas about the country, but he's black. So I mean, faced with that dilemma now, obviously, when you bring parties into the mix, people get partisan. So if I'm a Democrat and my choice is this person and Trump, I'm probably going to go with this person because I don't like Trump. But this is a primary, so I got options. So if I'm a black man and I'm going to, to and I'm and somebody's calling me up talking about okay, who are you supporting? And I look at it, and I'm a liberal and I'm looking at who's out there. It's like yeah, who's going to beat Trump? I hate Trump. I'm a liberal. I think Elizabeth Warren you know, it's going to hurt my money. You know, Kamala locks up too many black people. Corey is, Corey and T-bone are a joke, you know, and they look out there and they say, you know, if they're really left, they say Bernie and Yang, or they, they may say, you know, I like the honesty of Tulsi Gabbard or whatever the case may be, or I think Biden coincides. So I'll go with Biden. That's the reason why that person won't say, well, I'm black, therefore Kamala Harris. So, but to have the media say it's because the country's racist. Wait a minute. if if it's because the country's racist, you really mean it's because the Democrats are racist, because the Republicans have nothing to do with that primary. So I think that uh, it's important that we understand that the media has an agenda, and the way they're framing this makes absolutely no sense. So I didn't even talk about anything else in regards to the Democrat Party or the candidates or their issues. It's just the fact that they think that Kamala Harris dropping out proves something negative racially for the country and for the Democrat party it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, and she said the same thing when she knew that she was in trouble. She was doing interviews and she's like, I think, you know, you know why I'm struggling. And the interviewer said, are you saying this because you're black and because you're a woman? And she said, yeah. And they said, but Barack Obama was black. Yeah, but he wasn't a woman. Hillary Clinton was, was a woman. Yeah, but she wasn't black. You know, I got two strikes against me. No one's going to take me seriously. So, a, a lot of people have to look at that and say, "There's a problem in that candidate." If you're running for the highest office and you think you're qualified, you're spending the time and the resources and the money. And you were former uh, attorney general of the largest state in the country. You have law degree, and you you are still hanging your emotions and your feelings and your accomplishments on the fact that. First and foremost, I'm a black woman, so I'm strong and I'm capable. But anytime I fail, it's because I'm a black woman and it's not because of the way I ran my campaign or, you know, my past as attorney general. You have a problem. Uh, let's go to Tim in DeKalb. Tim, you're on Black and Right.
1: Hey, good afternoon. I uh, just just heard your show for the first time today, and I, I wanted to call uh, because as I see it I study a lot of stuff about gun control and the Democratic Party to me when I look at cities they live in the cities they run the towns they run it just seems to be completely bad for African-Americans for, for black people and I've, I've just wonder why African-Americans flock to the Democratic Party or claim to be Democrats when the Democratic Party has done nothing but shoved them out or priced them out of every place that 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 they live. I live. I actually live in Oakland County, not Cal, mm-hmm. but, and we have a lot of a lot of black people are moving out of here, moving out here because of they're being pushed out of the city, financially. Right. And they're like, wow, it's wonderful out here. You know, the, the people are great. The, the prices are are, you know, really nice for homes. This that and the other thing. The neighborhoods are great. We just seem to be fitting in well. And I'm like, well, that's that's real America. Well, no, don't thanks, don't Jim. We're coming up
2: to the hot propaganda. break. I'm glad you listened for the first time. Come back every week, one to three. But I will say to what you just said, that's important. But what you need to do, your job is to tell them that you lose this if you go back to voting for Democrats. Coming up, we're going to talk about the impeachment hearings. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Mm-hmm.
0: This is Black and Right on AM560 with Charles Love and John Anthony.
2: Welcome back to Black and Right. Last segment here in the first hour. And what a way to end it. We have Verlon from the south side on the line. Verlon, welcome to Black and Right.
6: How are you doing, brother? I'm fantastic. Uh How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Well, I want to correct the record first. When you said that, uh, uh, Biden called B- Obama articulate. Well, he really said he's clean. Oh yeah. Articulate. You're right. And, and can, and can speak in a Negro dialect if
2: he, if chooses he needs to. to.
6: <laughs> right. So that means he's dirty, but he's smart and he can speak in two different languages, I mm-hmm. guess, as far as uh, he's concerned. But uh, I wanted to sum up but the hey, liberal yeah, ideology. Wait, wait a
2: minute, real quick. He's still more black than uh, Kamala is.
6: <laughs> yeah, but he's still more black than Kamala is, okay. you know? <laughs> uh, this is crazy. But I want to sum up the, um, the, liberal the liberal ideology. The liberal ideology isn't diversity. It's multiculturalism. And, they, and it's anti-Americanism. They want to tear this country down, recreate it in their own image an image that we won't recognize nor understand. Right. And that's that's as simply put as I can put it.
2: <laughs> that's true. So let me ask you this. So if they're claiming to be diverse and now they're clamoring when you watch the news because there are not enough non-white folks on the stage, but here, let's go back. Let's change it. Here's the funny thing. So they're clamoring saying, we're supposed to be the party of diversity, and oh no, we might have a bunch of white people on stage. Did they forget about Tulsi Gabbard? Did they forget forget about Yang? Did Did they forget about all yep. these people? Well, so
6: are you saying they're you about them, but they, they know they're not elected, not and not in their well, you're right. You know, you're right, but they understand that that's the reason why they're trying to impeach our president. Because these it's even um House representative members, some black ones that stood up and said, What well, we won't win unless we uh, unless yep. we try to get this
2: guy to office. Oh my god, because he's gonna win to beat we get everybody him out. we got. You're right. They said oh my god, he's Wait, gonna win, we gotta get him out by hook or crook. That's right. That's
6: right. So so this, this is their only shot, which is no shot. Mm-hmm. So they don't have a shot. Honestly, I don't know what people are worried about. Trump's gonna win in the landslide come November. I'm telling you, he's going to win in the last slide. All of this is a bunch of kabuki theater. So I'm not worried. I'm I'm not worried in the least. I'm not worried. So
2: the Democrats are worried. They need somebody. So you agree that uh, none of these people they currently have poses a real threat. Right. So they need somebody else. Who's that going to be? Oh, at first, do you you believe that somebody else is going to get in?
6: Yeah, I'm starting to think. Hillary's going to make another run for it. I said that and I'm hoping, two I'm months ago, and they does. said I was crazy. No, you're not crazy. Now the people that are saying Michelle Obama might make a run for it. I think they're a little bird that flew over cuckoo's yeah, nest because Michelle's but, not going to do it. Hillary? No, Michelle's not going to do it, but Hillary, she's going to go for it.
2: I think so. I mean, and, and if we're wrong, if I'm wrong, I don't think I'm wrong that it's somebody's. And look at how quick. Patrick came in because somebody with, with, with Democrat money on the sideline in power realized none of these people work. So they threw Dad Patrick out there. OK, that didn't work. But Michael Bloomberg right now. He's got a shot pretty soon. He's going to fizzle and then they have to go with someone else. But uh, I think someone else is coming and it will be interesting to just sit there and see who it is. But thanks for a lot. Stay on I mean, or, or stay. Keep listening. You might want to call back when we start talking about impeachment because I'm, this is something that's going to shock you. I am actually going to. Defend your president somewhat, somewhat in the next segment. Uh, Coming up in the top of the hour, we're talking impeachment. You're listening to Black and Right on AM 560, The Answer.
0: the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. You've tuned into Black and Right. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. And leading that revolution are your hosts, Charles Love and
2: John Anthony. Welcome to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. You can still watch us on Facebook Live. Um, we 're going to shift gears to impeachment. Give me a call at three one two six four two fifty six hundred if you have an opinion about the impeachment hearings good bad the other. tell me Tell me what you think if you think that um, things are going well for the Democrats or if things are going well for Trump. Uh, I try not to pay too much attention to it, even though I follow the news in general. It just seems uh, a little bit too much and a little too early to uh, take them seriously. But uh, I think it took a step backwards the other day when they brought on a shift to the uh, judiciary and the judicial committee had four legal scholars come on and talk about why Trump should or should not be impeached. So I had a liberal friend call me and say, you know, we were talking about something. I said, what are you doing? I said, watching that. Watching that. And I kind of roll my ass. Why are you wasting your time watching that? And they were like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's it's whatever you think. This is just, you know, like Verlon said the last hour. This is completely theater. And I said, what do you mean? I said, well, they, they, they're not bringing witnesses on. They're bringing on lawyers to say what they think uh, the legal uh, ramifications are and whether it's, what he's done is um, amounts to an impeachable offense or not. The problem with that is with e- any legal argument, there'll be really well-versed, intelligent, knowledgeable attorneys out there that can argue anything. It's what they do. An the example I use is we get stuck in uh, partisan beliefs. So if you're on the left, you think Obama's a genius, you say, Obama's smart. He was a, uh, uh, he has a Harvard Law grad and he, you know, he was editor of the uh, Law Review and all this other kind of stuff. So his opinion matters on given issue X. Then conservatives will say, well, Ted Cruz has the same bona fides, but they can look at the same issue and come up with different conclusions. I mean, it's obvious. It's no different than when you're in the courtroom, you have, uh, defendant and the plaintiff and they're arguing different sides and they're presenting the arguments and the issues in a different way. So all this was was somebody who with uh, I'm sure a great legal mind I'm not going to take that away from them who doesn't like Trump who wants Trump impeached saying legally how I can get it done and then somebody else saying I like Trump and I can tell you I, although he did say I'm a never Trumper but I still believe X. Um, So I don't think I don't see what the point is of, of paying attention to that because you can always find an attorney that'll give you either opinion. So because these three attorneys say she should be impeached, does not change anything. But they were saying, no, this is what they're saying, and this person's a college uh, legal professor and all this other kind of stuff, and that's why it's important. Then Nancy Pelosi goes on the next day and says that we're moving along with these articles of impeachment. So the interviewer asked her and said, we remember back when this started, And played the clip of her saying that this is an important non-political thing that we're doing and we will not do it unless it's done in a bipartisan fashion. And now you fast forward a couple months and the interviewer says, so, you move forward, you have no Republican support, not one, would you still do it? She said, yeah. And her argument or Sleight of hand, as it actually is, was that, well, we're going on with what we're supposed to be doing. It's the Republicans who aren't doing what they should be doing and coming aboard. That's not the way it was framed at the beginning. Uh, But my biggest laugh and my favorite part of the week was how Pelosi and all the Democrat pundits on the radio. This is just has me doubled over in laughter. Are saying that this is not what the founders wanted and quoting the founders and saying, what would the founders say? Now this part is truly funny. These are the same people who are taking down the founders statutes all over the country. These are the people who are saying that they were all white men and we, there were no women. So they don't count. These are the people who said they were all slave owners, odors, even though they weren't all slave owners saying they're all slave owners. So everything they say should be discounted. And now they want to quote all of them and 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 kind of freak out and 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 lament the fact that if they were here, they'd be so torn up about what Trump did. And this is where I said I said earlier. This is where I teased that as a former Never Trumper, I am actually going to somewhat defend Trump now. As I said when I was on a couple of weeks weeks ago when this stuff was playing out, and I mentioned. I gave some examples because my argument that these are standard operating procedures. This is how the sausage is made. If you don't like it, that's fine. If you want to change it, that's fine. But it doesn't change the fact that you can't have a situation and no one should be comfortable with having a situation. Where 44 presidents. Can operate in a certain manner. But this one president can't because we don't like him. It's not about whether we like him or not. Trump didn't do anything that Obama and Bush and, and and the other Bush and Clinton and everybody else did. And I used some examples. I mean, I got a perfect example today, but I'm going to mention some of those from, from a couple of weeks ago because we were only on Facebook Live. You didn't hear it on the radio. So I talked about when Teddy Roosevelt, for instance, wanted to take over the Panama Canal and um, he needed help with the locals and there was already civil turmoil bubbling under the surface. Um, so he decided to just, you know, help create uh, a rebellion. <laughs> and when the new, uh, when the Panamanians um, separated from Colombia, they was like, Hey, part of the deal was if this happened and you got your own government, that you would give us access to the Panama to dig the Panama Canal. That's foreign. That's quid pro quo. Teddy's in the top five. You know, my my the one I like the most here is Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson was physically unable to do the job. Any respecting president should have stepped down. Anybody in his administration or who found out that he was incapacitated should have gone and pushed that he get moved out. Instead. We played an early 19th century version of Weekend at Woodrow's and propped him up and carried him around and pretended he was lucid so his wife could be president. So why did we do that? That was for personal gain. Because let's see, they're twisting words. They're saying Trump was doing these things for personal gain, and they kind of massage it and say it in ways that you subliminally think he was doing it for cash. Like, do this and give me $20. They don't mean financial gain. They mean personal gain, which can equate to political gain. And I'll give him that argument. That might be true. I don't know for sure, but it's a good chance. The problem is there are a lot of things you do intentionally for political gain that may also be right, like, you know, investigating somebody who's corrupt. But there's also things that you can do for the right reason that has ancillary benefits that are political and personal, that would be considered political and personal gain. So you can't negate something because I gained from it, right? So when Nixon wanted to win the election, and he couldn't win unless he won California, so he goes to the governor of California, Earl Warren, and say, look, you deliver me California, you're on the Supreme Court. He won California, Earl Warren became a Supreme Court justice and Soon, eventually, the Chief Justice. You know, when Kennedy was running and they were like, he's charismatic and he's smart and people like him, but he can't get over the hump because we've never had a Catholic, he's going to need somebody who can deliver Chicago, so to speak. So Daddy Daly delivers Chicago, you know. Or Kennedy's father goes to Boston and New York and all these other areas and uses his influence to make that happen, that he won because of, you know, jockeying behind the scenes in political games, but, and he's sure he had to pay out the favors. Obama, look it up and Google it. I don't have the, the uh, link in front of me because I talked about it a couple weeks ago, but Obama got favors from some of his top donors and made them all ambassadors. This is how the business is done. Like it? Don't like it? That's fine. But the truth is, Democrat, Republican, male, Hillary Clinton, doesn't matter. They all do it. So the question is, is it wrong to do it, or is it just wrong for Trump to do it? Let's keep this impeachment talk going. This is Charles, Black and Right, on AM560, The Answer.
0: Now, more of Black and Right on AM560. Here are your hosts, John Anthony and Charles Love.
2: Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, the answer. You have half of Black and Right. Uh, John's out. This is Charles. Uh, And we're talking impeachment. Give us a call at 312-642-5600 if you want to weigh in on uh, Trump's uh, pending impeachment and let me know if you think he's in trouble, if you think it'll help him, or you think it's all just a um, partisan, as he says, witch hunt. Um, before the break, I was talking about giving many examples of presidents and presidential can- candidates who became presidents and how they use their influence, horse trading, quid pro quo and money to get what they want and how they did acts, um, whether that was the primary reason or if it was an ancillary uh, benefit, but where they did some things that benefited them politically. Because that's what we're talking, right? What the Democrats are saying is that Trump should be impeached because he did some things and his purpose was to gain politically. Um, so I figured it would be a good idea to get people, because most people don't aren't crazy like me. When everybody else is watching football and basketball, we'll get to that on the next segment, I'm reading history books and I'm reading the news. And I've read, I don't know, 17 presidential bios so far. I'm currently, of all the books I'm reading, I'm reading them all in order. So... I see that, I mean, man, this is just, uh, I know that this is um, the way the business is done. And it doesn't mean, keep in mind, it doesn't mean I'm condoning it. I'm just saying, you don't get to to impeach me for doing what everybody does. Right? So, I I think I did four or five examples before. There's uh, Let's do a reasonable uh, example, because some people, so I, I say something's, financial, and they'll say, but we're talking political. I'll use a political example, and they say, but that's not quid pro quo. I give a quid pro quo, they'll say, but foreign. So I use foreign. So I got all types of examples, but then for those i I given in the past, you may say that's too old. So a more recent one is uh, a good buddy, Barack Obama. So to add another category, another category of the complaint is all of this started with election tampering. So how many of you out there know that we consider Israel an ally, but there's still personalities back and forth. And Barack Obama did not like Bibi Netanyahu. So I think he was three or four terms, uh, prime minister of Israel. So uh, while Obama was president, one of his elections came up and Obama used money and resources to (laughs) to try to get Bibi to lose his election. I thought we said, uh, It's wrong to um, tamper in foreign elections. But nobody wanted to impeach Obama for that. You know, we can keep going on in other uh, scenarios uh, where it comes to that. So that's the issue that I'm having. Not that I'm condoning what Trump did. I'm saying, sell me, because you're going to need to sell the American people on the fact that what he did is any different or any worse than what everyone else did. Um, here's an interesting take. We have Mike on the line who says, uh, people think that Trump is wrong if he's the top, is that law enforcement officer? We got Mike from Yorkville. Welcome to Black and Right.
7: Charles, thank you for having me on. I, um, just, uh, just Mr. Trump is the top law enforcement agent in the country. It's not his fault. That Biden, by his own admission, created an air of crime mm-hmm. or quid pro quo by saying he wants somebody fired to go ahead and release, you know, funds, get his son on a board. It's not Mr. Trump's fault that somebody causes a crime. OK, let me, he ask, you has this, the let right, me ask you this and question. That is duty.
2: OK, let me ask you this question. And I'm not even playing devil's advocate. I'm asking because these no. are the things people will say so this is what the example I was just using. Remember, I said did the person do it. Because specifically as a driving force for my gain, or did I do it because it's the right thing to do and there's an ancillary effect? So, do you draw a distinction between him saying there's corruption, I'm going after it, and it happens to help me, and hey, I don't like Biden? He's running against me. He did something wrong. Look, I can get him at the same time. Is there, I'm asking, is there, I'm not saying he did either one. I'm saying, is there a difference between those two scenarios?
7: What you are is creating two scenarios that, are un- that you'll never be able to find out an answer to because Mr. Trump did not put himself into that position. Mr. Biden did. That is Mr. <laughs> Biden's fault, not Trump's issue. Mr. But, Trump's issue is to go say ahead and Trump's investigate that crimes. He did it only because of that. That's only speculation what people have. That's true. They're speculating what motive he has. You're not going to be able to go ahead and prove it. That, again, does not mean that just because I may be a candidate for a president that I can go ahead and commit crime and then get away with it because I can scream, oh, well, he's just trying to go ahead and bump me out of the race. Right. If you committed a crime, that's on your
2: you own volition. Thanks, Mike. And and I agree with you definitely because there's another component of that, one that I find interesting because if you listen to the show enough, you read my book, you know I'm all about giving people that argument. So I say, Trump's wrong, Trump's guilty of high crimes and misdemeanor. Get that guy out of there. I give you that. He did it for all reasons. But if that's the case, I do find it, kind of odd, and I think that it's impossible for the other side to defend this. So he's wrong, but why is he wrong for exposing corruption only because the reason he wanted to do it was a personal reason, personal vendetta. But the guy who broke the law can be one of the top candidates on the Democratic side for president. So he gets to keep running for the office that the other guy's in, but the other guy can't stay in the office because he wanted to root out the corruption that guy did. That's a problem. We're going to go to Jim in South Elgin. Jim, welcome to Black and Right.
0: How you guys doing today?
2: Fantastic.
0: Good. You might have seen some of this uh, part of the dog and pony show where they had these uh, four professors turling these other three uh, mopes on there. Yeah,
2: that's how I started the-, the hour. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's one mope. There's Pamela Carlin. What there's a disgusting, intolerant piece of garbage she is. These people are so mean and so intolerant, and they talk about you know conservatives being mean and tolerant. It's all on display for people to see. You know, right. bringing up Barron Trump and the Barron. It's just it's just stupid. You know, I wasn't a big fan of Obama, but you know his kids were off, off limits. You know, but ever since Trump got elected, these people have open season on uh, Barron Trump, and it's really it's disgusting.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. You're right, Jim, thanks. And the other piece, too, is that there, get to your discussion part in a minute, but this woman kind of goes back to what I'm saying, where people say, look at that woman. Strong woman, Pam, whatever, t- attorney, law professor, she knows her stuff. I'm just a layman. I didn't go to law school. If that woman says he's guilty, he must be guilty. That's somebody who doesn't think Critically, because my, my argument is that's fine. She may be a brilliant legal scholar, but I can move her and put in. Let's, let's not go completely right wing. Let's not go Ted Cruz. I think I said Ted Cruz last time. Let me put Alan Dershowitz in the seat. Lifelong Democrat, never voted for a Republican, voted for Hillary, worked with, uh, um, on the OJ trial as a, uh, helping defend OJ. The whole nine. He's a law professor at Harvard. He taught Ted Cruz and Barack Obama. Probably got more uh, experience than Pam. He gets in the sink and says, you have no reason to, to impeach him. So who's right? Pam or Alan Dershowitz. That's the problem. But to Jim's point about them being, about them being nasty people, I like the fact how Nancy now keeps getting indignant and saying, I'm a Catholic. I was raised, right? So now I'm like, so the Democrats like Catholics now. That's also laugh- laughable. Aren't they the same people who were saying that the, Trump's nominee should uh, there should be a litmus test for uh, judges and Catholicism is bad? Uh, so they pull things out when they want to pull them out. I want to go to Dan from Wilmette. But Dan, you got to be quick for me. Dan, welcome to Black and Right.
7: How you doing? It's, it's great that the Democrats are so upset about foreign inter- interference in our elections while they're promoting having illegal immigrants vote in our elections.
2: Man, I, I wanted to get to you real quick, so I didn't even read what your topic was, but that is spot on. That's a good way to end the segment. Yeah, you're right. They say foreign influence. But if you let 300,000 people here who are of voting age, they've been here six months and they came across the border illegally. We don't know that background of their beliefs. And we just say, hey, here's a driver's license that you can go vote. Isn't that foreign influence? You're right.
4: Seems like
2: it. Seems like it to me. You are right, Dan. Thank you for calling. Uh, That was great. Um, Coming up, I'm going to talk, shift gears and talk sports. Talk about uh, this thing that's going on with Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick. It's the NFL segment on Black and Right. You're listening to AM560, The Answer.
0: The show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and White right on AM five sixty with John Anthony and Charles Love.
2: Welcome back to Black and right on AM five sixty. The answer. This is Charles Love, and I want to talk about the NFL. Now, they uh, always find a way to make the news um, outside of scoring touchdowns. I guess. Um. I got two stories here, both about, uh, I guess, this um, everything being important from a social and racial kind of um, new, the way things should be and the way we should act and how people are punished for their behavior. Uh, The first one is about Tim Ryan, who is a radio analyst for, Uh, Murph and Mack, San Francisco, covering San Francisco football, being suspended um, for a comedy made about Lamar Jackson, quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. So I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm um, knowing on all the cast of characters here, you know, the NFL and NBA both bore me beyond belief. Now, used to be a big fan. I could tell you every player on all the teams and where they are. The last NFL game I saw was when um, the Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. So I say that to say I have no idea who Lamar Jackson is. But apparently he's good and uh, might be winning MVP. And the guy covering the game, obviously the opposing team, was on the radio. And he said he's really good at that fake. He said Lamar Jackson But when you consider his dark skin with a dark football and a dark uniform, you just cannot see the thing. So now he's in trouble for being a racist, for saying a black man has black skin, and it's easier for the black man holding the football to do a ball fake than the white man because you can see the football in his hands or whatever. Don't know Lamar Jackson, don't know Tim Ryan, don't know his intent, don't don't know uh, what he's like. What I find interesting about these things all the time when they come up It just, you know, gives the people who like to talk about these things an opportunity to bring up the same old thing. They'll they'll bring up the past, bring up other people who did this. So it becomes this, you know, everybody runs to a corner. It becomes this debate about what he meant and picking it apart and look at what he said. Is he a racist? Is he not a racist? They want everybody around him to comment. They're like, Harbaugh, what do you say? Are you on his side? What do you think? You know, you got Stephen A. and all the pundits on ESPN. So it becomes this big thing. So I just think it's interesting that the guy gets suspended for it so quickly. Cause that's what, so I look at everything from a cultural and societal view. So it, society has gone because of what they call calling what the can, the cancel culture. So we've gone so far that anything somebody does, the companies it's not even about outcry. It wasn't enough time for boycotters and protesters to make it happen. It's like, People hear something, they freak out, and the first response is, that guy's got to go. So it's interesting that that's the first thing. So uh, as a side note, uh, their cornerback um, used to be with the uh, Seattle Seahawks. See, I know someone, Richard Sherman, came out to defend the uh, radio analyst. Some people are uh, saying he, the comments were racist or whatever. But then there's another story. There's Michael Vickens in the news again because the Pro Bowl is doing a, uh, a game where they having Hall of Famers uh, serve as league captains. And one of them was Michael Vick, and some woman started a change.com petition, and it has over 220,000 signatures because they don't want Michael Vick to be a fake league captain for a fake football game um, in the NFL. So here again... The cancel culture is all afoot, and someone gets... So one woman, Joanna Lynn, gets upset, and so now the NFL needs to decide whether Michael Vick is dead to them or not. I assume that this is because of the dogfighting theme from, you know, 1846 or whenever that happened. So it's really interesting that we have gotten a point to a point in the culture where people get their feelings hurt and therefore they think other people, companies, politicians and businesses need to react to their feelings. Everything makes the news now. Why is this even in the news? I mean, I'm sure it's in the news because of the number of signatures she got, but really who really cares what the NFL is doing for No, first of all, People, When I was watching NFL every week and watching every game and going to the sports bar and, and doing this every weekend, I wasn't watching the Pro Bowl because no one watches the Pro Bowl. People watch the NBA All-Star game. Some people watch the MLB. Nobody watches the Pro Bowl. So the fact that this is news and it's because of something he's doing, he's, he's not making money, he's not getting a job about it, and it's from years ago, it's crazy. And that's the other thing. I thought the Democrats were all about... Uh, criminal justice reform and giving people second chances. So they want to let people out of jail, some of them violent criminals, but a guy goes to jail or loses his job and pays his price for what he's done, and they want to hold it over his head for 20 years. This is why, along with intersectionality, the the cancel culture is going to butt heads with reality, and normal people are going to stand up and say, this is wrong, and I have to get on the opposite side of this, which will be the opposite side of the left-wing democrat candidate. You're listening to Black and Right on AM 60, AM 560, The Answer.
0: Back to Black and Right with John Anthony and Charles Love on AM 560, The Answer.
2: Welcome back to Black and White on AM five sixty The Answer. Uh, all right, I don't want to put this on John. This is Charles. We don't do this this often, but uh, I this is soapbox time for me. I'm about to get on the soapbox here, so I think people will find it interesting though. But so my son's birthday is this week, and so apparently he's having some party today, and. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I, he's young, so I'm finding this thing. I don't know if it's me or news. Maybe some older people can call up. People my age in the 40s and 50s can say what happened when they were little. But who knew? that's this trend where apparently kids get birthday parties every single year. For everybody, exactly. For every birthday, they get a birthday party. And apparently, a party is not what it was when I was little. Now, granted, we weren't that wealthy. But even the people that I know that are my age that were middle class and grew up, it was the same thing. You know, I'm, I don't remember, 48, 48 years old. When I was growing up, you had a party. Who knows when you're little and too young to remember. But you had a party when you were like five, right? You know, something like that. And then about nine, you've been in school enough years. You had enough, uh, you made enough friends. You invite your closest friends. You have a party. And then you can have one in your 15 to 16. But usually you're like, I'm old enough. You know, give me some money and I'll go hang out with my friends. So not every year. And the other thing about it, when you had a party, this is what a party was. Mom and dad would buy a cake, maybe order a pizza. Everybody would come to your house, eat the pizza and eat the cake, and then you all would go play. My wife, who's going to beat me, but my wife, I think the party's at the White House. She rented a room at the White House or something, so I got to fly out out of here. So we got a hall, you know, everybody's invited. There's lots of people, and apparently, if it's your birth, your kid's birthday, you pay for everything. So everybody else gets to come and party and play and shoot lasers and fly a helicopter or whatever the crazy thing you do, and you 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 run around, you take care of all that, you decorate it. This is a big deal. And We do this every every year. So, um, you know, give me a call and tell me if you think this is normal. But I just had to put that out there. This is just insane. So I'm working. So I it got to the point even that I tried to unionize the dads. So we get the party, right? And that's the other thing. So all the kids have it. So now you have to go to every party. So you tell them, please stop buying gifts, but they buy gifts. So now you're obligated to buy the next kid gifts because the parents bought your kid a gift. So I got to rack up like 30 gifts. So I'm looking at this 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 booty he won. for. I'm like, wow, this is great. But I'm like, this is too much. I got to sell these toys. He doesn't need this many toys. So he's got all these toys. He's having this big party. We're spending all this money. And I know Common sense says I don't need a survey that the other fathers think the same thing. This is a mother driven thing. So we're at the party. We're sitting around and i go to one of the dads. say, what do you think about this? They're like, yeah, don't you think this is too much? Yeah, this is too much. What are we going to do? So I'm the voice. I'm the bad guy because I'm like, man, why don't we all just get together and talk to uh, t- collectively just go to all our wives and say, you know, let's not just do this. They're all around the same age within months. Right. These are the people who were born around this time, end of the year, January. Why don't we just have one party for all of them? Or why don't we you know, come up with something else? Yeah, I'm with you, Charles. And I say, we're going to go talk to them now. Right. Yeah. Then I go over there and I look back and I'm the only guy there. They're all afraid. I'm like, right, so now I'm taking the heat. But I'm like, this is got. Wouldn't it? What happened with society? So on the one side, you know, I'm always talking about culture. On the one side, we got political parties on both sides doing crazy stuff we disagree with. We're condoning bad behavior. We're, you know, we got a, a culture where immigrants came here and fought for years to get where they wanted to be. Came here, didn't speak the language. They made it somehow, and now they're successful. And now the kids feel like they owe. Every, they're owed everything because. They all just get dumped in this same vat of, you know, complacency and everything should just be laid at my feet. And this is in some small way contributing to it. I'm trying to figure out how to stop it. But apparently I'm flying out when I leave here to go to this uh, amazing um, Taj Mahal birthday party. I don't know where it is. But I think that we all need to collectively stop this trend. It needs to be less. What were you going to say? What was I going to say? This is our producer. He he. His eyes lit up when oh I said my that. God. Oh so help me oh. out,
5: man! That lit me up. So, like you, when I was growing up, I think I got maybe three birthday parties. Mm-hmm. That sounds like the norm. Three, mm-hmm. in all of childhood. Three. <laughs> my sisters, every year, every
2: year, with both with the children, and they each have two children. Ah, those two of those children have kids of their own now every year the adults have been relegated to a winter birthday party (laughs) and a fall birthday party Oh God! because most of the birthdays either fall in september october or january and february i tried to bring up the fact that the one-year-old should be included in the you're my side Uh in the group birthday party Uh oh the one-year-old has to have their own party well, they're never gonna know oh, oh, you, you you're just tossing the ball back to me <laughs> so my son had his i want to say his second or third birthday party and so close friends came they brought their son and first i'm like you're bad parents why are you force that love him great care why are you forcing him to come in he was 15 so obviously you're making him come to like a two-year-old's birthday why are you making him get it so then i'm like this is. It. i'm saying the same thing to them and they're like no we had every year you gotta have that it's memories i'm like they don't remember that yeah they do i said Come here. And I say to him, you know, he's blunt. I was like, so you, you remember a party? His father told him, remember that party we had at this castle? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, what about the, he's the father's like mad. He's like, what about the one, what we did this at the thing there? You remember that one, don't you? He said, nope. <laughs> he doesn't remember it till like maybe. He, he said, what about the one we did this? That's what the boy said. His father's like, you were seven there. I said, thanks. So we should start at seven. Does that sound good? So, yeah, so it's it's crazy. I don't know how we break it, but I had to do it. I know I'm going to pay for it. Well, maybe my we wife won't far. listen to this hour, but I'm like, we have to do something. We have to collectively get together and stop this from happening. Break. You know what you're talking about? Breaking the cycle of poverty. Breaking the cy- cycle of gang violence. We need to break the cycle of every year birthday parties. You're listening to Black and Right on AM five sixty. The answer.
0: and Right continues on am 560 once again here are your hosts charles love and john anthony
2: welcome back to black and Right. on am 560 the answer and now i'm calming down a little bit still a little amped up about the birthday thing probably needs to stay away from coffee but gotta switch gears one of my buddies called me. And he's like, hey, I got to uh, talk about something. You're going to give me a minute or two? I said, yeah, but if you could only if you can hold over because I'm about to vent for a minute. And so he stayed on. I'm glad, you know, he can call for whatever reason he wants. So Matt Podgorski from the Northwest side GOP is on, and he wants to talk about Willie Wilson running as an independent. What's up, Matt? Charles, how you been, my friend? Fantastic. You?
8: I haven't seen you at a meeting in a while. Hopefully we'll see
2: you at the next one. I've been doing a lot of traveling, a lot of stuff going. Look, you, how many people you think could just take me and say, can I call? And I say, "Call." I don't even know what you want.
8: <laughs> you know what? I appreciate that, that courtesy. Hey, no, but in all seriousness, right, you know, the, your show, uh, it's got a lot of great concepts. But you know me, I'm a political junkie. Mm-hmm. So we've got, we're talking about black candidates, black conservative candidates running as Republicans. The United Senate race. You're a smart guy. How much how much thought have you really put into it? So we got Peggy Hubbard, right, African-American female running as a Republican. She may or may not get on the ballot. If she does, she's got a good chance. But then our friend Willie Wilson really makes things interesting, right, because he's planning on running as an independent. And, you know, I've been talking to him once a week, and he's telling me, and I don't know if this is crazy or not, but he thinks he can get like half the black vote pulled away from dick durbin to go to him as an independent and i and i have no idea if that's true a do you think that's even possible and b is that enough to put the illinois in play for the republicans because right now you you and i both know this is a blue state and the national party's not even looking at illinois right
2: i would say b i'm gonna answer b a B, yes, that's enough, but A, I don't think it'll happen. Now, I'm not, not, you know, I was on board with the Willie thing. We all endorsed him. He did some things that kind of upset me after that. But that doesn't matter. The key is the A portion. If he can do it, yes. But I know he can get a portion because people lo- like him. If nothing else, it's kind of like Tulsi on the, uh, on the Democrat side for president. They think she's genu- genuine. They think he's genuine. They don't think he's making this stuff up. So he can get a portion. But 50 is up tough load. I mean, that's going to be right. that, for, for Dick Durbin, that's going to be the longevity. It's going to be like, he's been there for an office for a while. We know he's capable of doing stuff. You know, if Willie wins, we, we, lo- we, we may get more pro-black stuff. That's cool. But let's be honest. They're going to say, we're going to lose some influence because this guy, Dick Durbin, whatever you think of him, got some influence because he's been there for a while. He's high up the rank. We go from Democrat Senator who's up here, Illinois Matters because it's Dick Durbin, to Willie Wilson way down here. But if he could do it, yes, it would help the uh, GOP. But it would also depend on who that GOP candidate is, because even if Peggy can get on the ballot, it doesn't mean that she'll necessarily win. So, yes, but no, but it's a we'll see. <laughs>
8: <laughs> well, let me let me ask you this: If you got another minute, Charles, Wh- f- who do you thirty five seconds? What's your kind of handy Okay, what's your handicap on the Republican primary for U.S. Senate then?
2: It's hard to say. I don't even know. We, we got to look at the signatures and see who's on the ballot. I know a lot of people talking about running, but when I see who's there, then I can handicap it yeah. better. I think it's a little early.
8: Yeah. No. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair but enough. so yeah, call back. You, call on. back when
2: we know who's on yeah. the ballot, and I'll tell you who's going to win. Thanks, man. I'll call you back in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. And um, but uh, as usual, even by myself, the two hours goes really fast. You all keep coming back. We're live from from, from here on. Um, pay attention to that birthday thing because that's big. And uh stay tuned next week. Next week we're gonna go back to our themes and we're gonna talk about the uh role of religious leaders in um in the culture and in politics. Um I appreciate you listening. You've been uh listening to Black and Right on AM560 the answer. Uh Charles here. Uh John is kind of taking a break, so um you know, with, with the holidays and the things coming up, you have to just tune in and see which one of us is here and what's going on. But the show is always going to be good and strong when you tune in and appreciate having you. Thanks.